Good evening, all my beauty professionals. Thank you for listening to Ms. V's Real Beauty Talk. And today I'm going to talk to you about something new that I found out on the State Board website. That wasn't initially my plan. My plan was to talk about discovering what kind of learner you are and just learning your style, your way of learning so you can become a better student in cosmetology. And just so you know that even when you're licensed, you if you really care about what you're doing, you will always be a student. You will always be learning something new. And that's really what I love about our industry because we are always learning something new. If you really want to master your craft and become great at what you do, I don't believe that anyone is perfect. I think the more you practice something, the better you get at it. But I don't feel that we'll ever be perfect because we're human, but we can be pretty darn good at what we do as long as we stay in the latest, greatest education and always be willing to learn. I think, and this is just a personal thought, that once you get to the place in your career where you feel like you're unwilling to learn anything new, you're stuck in your way and you know it all, then you probably should look for another career or retire. And that's just my personal thought. Anyway, I came across this information uh, from the State Board website And I just wanted to share this with you just in case you didn't know. So just so you know, I'm in California. So the information that I'm sharing is regarding the state of California. Uh, You would have to look on your state board website, whatever state you're in, and see if anything new has changed. So even as a licensed cosmetologist, I always like to find out what's new with state board. And if a student asks me a question that I really don't know, usually I will ask my coworkers first. And if they're not sure, I will go directly to the source and ask state board, just find out from them. And it usually takes them about 24 to 48 hours to get back to you, but they're really good at responding to your emails. So just remember that if you ever have any questions that your instructor can't answer or you just want to find out something, you're working in the salon and no one knows, email State Board and they will let you know or they will send you the information that you can look at and find the answer yourself. So anyway, it says on here that this is a news release. This is found www.barbaracosmo.ca.gov and the announcements are right there on their homepage and you just click on them and you can read it for yourself. But this was released on October 19th of this year. So not that long ago, what is that? A little over a month ago. And this is from Sacramento, California, the Department of Consumer Affairs, Board of Barbering and Cosmetology. And they're warning consumers about getting home beauty services. So apparently, usually when State Board comes out with something like this, it's because there's cases coming up where people are getting hurt at home. They're either getting infections 
or they got injured at home and they had to go to the ER. So if enough of these come out and it's reported to the state, then they start warning people. Just like I received an email last week from State Board and they were warning us as cosmetologists to not, in other words, don't get caught doing invasive procedures. So an invasive procedure for us is Botox. You know, it was thought for a while that as long as you were working under a doctor, that it was okay to do, you know, invasive procedures like laser or Botox or anything that pokes under the dermis of the skin. And that is not true. You cannot be an esthetician, a Cosmo doing these services. You have to be a nurse. So you have to go to school for that in order to do that legally. And that was something I didn't know at first. And then I found out, but state board sent us an email and I guess wherever they're hearing that these places are going on, if they catch you, it's going to be a thousand dollar fine. So that's one thing you want to know also. But this one is talking about, in other words, that we as cosmetologists should not be advertising doing services in the home and how social media advertises unlicensed people as well as licensed people doing these services in the home and that it's not okay. So what it is, they're saying that we should have what's called a personal service permit, also known as a PSP. And this is for licensed professionals only. So I'm going to go through this, describe to you what a PSP is, what it takes to get one, and what services you can do. This is whether you're at home or if you're going to someone else's home to do these services, a hotel, let's say for a wedding. And I forgot what the other one said, but in other words, you're not in a licensed establishment like a salon or a spa. So they're telling you, you need this PSP in order to do these services. And then they break down what services you can legally do. You also have to make an exchange with the consumer, show them your PSP, the information. They have to give you a receipt and it has to have their information on it, showing that they saw your PSP and then you give them a copy. So it says here that there are potential serious health hazards that can put consumers at risk for infection when services are performed by unlicensed individuals who have not received proper education in infection control and they don't follow the guidelines. So a lot of times I personally, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I will see videos of people doing all these services and the people aren't draped. Now, some of these people are licensed professionals, shame on you, but some of these people are not licensed and they're curling these people's hair or doing extensions or doing color. And the client that they're doing it on, on the video is not draped at all. And that's like a number one safety thing for your client, because if any of these chemicals or the hot tools falls directly on your client, 
that's an injury that could be severe. So they're warning people that these are things that can happen, especially if they're coming to your home to do these things, right? So they haven't been taught rules and regulations as set by California, uh, Department of Public Health, Department of Industrial Relations, Division of Occupational Safety and Health, and the board, because we have what's called Cal OSHA too. So some, oh yeah, so some of the cases that have been reported harm to consumers is lash services. People are getting glue in people's eyes, gluing the top and bottom lashes together, and it requires medical intervention to be corrected. Conjunctivitis, pink eye, there's been scalp burns happening from hair coloring services. People are transmitting lice from one client to another, and that's because they're not disinfecting their tools properly at home. Um, also, broken hair and hair falling out because they're mixing chemicals or doing 40 volume with lightener on the hair, not rinsing it out properly, not using a pH balance or acidic shampoo to stop the processing of the lightener. So all these things you have to be trained for. And if you're not trained, you're just going by, you know, your natural talent and what you've seen people do, that doesn't make it correct. Waxing services, people are getting burns. That's requiring medical attention. So one thing, you know, as far as waxing, as a licensed professional, you're, you learn in school don't wax over the same area more than once because you're ripping off layers of the epidermis. And trust me, you can burn a client by not testing the wax. They can get blisters. Their skin can be open and raw from waxing over the same area more than once. And certain areas that you're waxing you know, because when you use stripless wax, which we call hard wax, also, you can push it a little and you can wax over the same area more than once, but I wouldn't do it over three times, never. Usually when the hair is not coming out, it's being stubborn. Let's say if I'm using stripless wax and I did it twice and the hair still didn't come out, I'm going to pull out my tweezers and tweeze the rest of the hair. That's what you should do because that second time, even though it's softer than the strip wax and it's actually called hard wax, that's what's crazy, but it's softer than strip wax because you're not using that strip to help remove the wax and the hair. Um, you still can injure somebody. And a lot of people are just dipping that stick in the wax and applying it on hot. Those wax pots get really hot. You're not supposed to double dip with the same stick. You're supposed to use a new spatula every time you wax. So that's an issue. So yeah, these things are happening and people are reporting getting harmed and they're having to go to the hospital. So now state board's cracking down with this and they're saying it's unlawful to practice these services without your PSP. So now I'm going to go over to the personal service permit questions and answers and tell you a PSP, what it is. Um, it's 
consumers that are seeking services outside of licensed establishments, and I think I told you that, salon, spa, and they want services in private homes, hotels, businesses, and other locations. So now it's a legislature that passed and is called AB 181. It was signed by the governor and it required the board to issue regulations for a personal service permit. So this is gonna set the conditions for us, the requirements for a personal service permit. One, you have to be licensed. For a minimum of two consecutive years, you have to be licensed. Now you guys know that we renew our licenses every two years, right? So it cannot be expired. It has to be valid for two years. And, you know, I would assume on that third year, of course, with your renewed license, you could apply for your personal service permit. You can do it as a barber, cosmetologist, esthetician, or manicurist. You have to submit a live scan a full and complete live scan with a set of your fingerprints for use in conducting a criminal background check. And that's through the California Department of Justice. The applicant has to pay a $25 application fee to the board. And the applicant has to provide proof of current liability insurance in a minimum of $1 million. So those three things you have to do, you have to be licensed, you have to send in live scan. And if you go on the website, barbaracosmo.ca.gov. Now what I did was on the homepage in the search bar, I typed in, you know, how to get a PSP or um, personal service permit. And then the links pop up and you can click on that first link. And I watched a video of what it takes, but then also it has all the links for you to do your application, do your live scan, all that kind of stuff. So then what's next is what services are allowed under your PSP? So services that may be performed outside of a licensed establishment by a licensee are as follows. For barbers, you have to, you can shampoo, you can cut, you can style, dressing, arranging, curling, and waving the hair. These are authorized services and they do not include any singeing, no chemicals like relaxing or chemical waving, and no coloring the hair. Applying hair tonics. So that would be like if you were doing a um, I don't know, like a lot of body or gel or whatever, whatever concoctions you're using, applying powders, clays, antiseptics, and oils to the scalp, face, or neck, trimming the beard. So all these things you can do, but you cannot do any chemicals. Cosmetologists can do shampooing. They can cut, style, dressing, arranging, curling, and waving the hair. So that's like with rollers, that's finger waving, pin curls, all that stuff you can do. 
authorized services do not include singeing. I don't know who singes. I, I don't think I've ever seen singeing done. It just sounds painful, but it's included here. No chemicals, same as the barbers. So we can't do any relaxing, no permanent waves, no coloring the hair. You can apply hair tonics, powders, clays, and oils to the scalp, face, or neck. We can clean, massage, or stimulate the face and neck by means of the hands. So that's like a basic facial. With the use of cleansing agents, antiseptics, tonics, lotions, or creams, this does not include chemical exfoliation, so no glycolic pills, you know, no kind of pills like that, lactic acid, all that. Exfoliation with the use of a tool, that means no microdermabrasion, none of that at home, machine or device. Removing hair from the body of any person with tweezers, so we can tweeze. Applying makeup or strip lashes, we can do that. You can buff and file nails, but not use the electric file. You can apply and remove nail polish. So it does not say that we can use a metal pusher, that we can perform manicures or pedicures. Very minimal on the nail services. It does not say that we can do acrylics. You cannot use an electric file. None of that. Esthetician, I'm going to try to get through this really quick. Cleansing, massaging, stimulating the face and neck by means of the hands. You can use agents for that. Of course, your basic facial, you know, cleansing, massage, tone. You cannot do any chemical exfoliations, no tools, no machines. And you can apply makeup or strip lashes. It does not say that we can do lash extensions. You can remove hair from the body of any person with tweezers. So that means we can't even wax outside of a licensed establishment. For manicurists, all they can do is file and buff nails. They cannot use the electric file. You can apply and remove nail polish. It does not say that we can do gel polishing, none of that. And this is like in the hotel, if you're doing a wedding party, bridal parties, if you're going to their home, which I did for a very long time years ago for quinceaneras and all that kind of stuff for proms. But now you can't do that. You have to have a personal service permit. So you need to provide the consumer after you do a personal service permit service. You have to provide them with the consumer notice. Obtain a signed and dated receipt from the consumer that contains the following information. It has to have their acknowledgement of the receipt of the personal service permit consumer notice. It has to have the consumer's name, their phone number, email address, if they have it available. And it has to have a list of all the services that you provided to them. And then you provide a copy of the receipt for the consumer. And then it said that you should save a copy of these receipts for a period of five years from the date of the service that you performed it. And 
It says a PSP holder would be required to comply with any type of license or permit as required by the local government entity. Because the question is, would licensees with a PSP need a business license for each county that they travel to? So in other words, it's saying that we have to comply with whatever that county requires of you to have with your PSP. So yeah, that sounds pretty strict there. So I would say, and I would just like to keep you up to date on that and just warn you, you know, my job is just to give you the information and this is what I tell my students all the time. My job is to give you the information and what you do with it is up to you. So I would say, please do not get caught doing this. You know, the biggest thing is, cause I, I tell one of my family members that is that, um, it only takes one person to complain and, what I've known in the past is that state board could actually hold up your licensing for two years. So this is before you ever get licensed. If they catch you in the home doing somebody's hair and getting paid for it, that's illegal. Unless it's just braids. You don't have to be licensed to braid or put in extensions, but you do have to be licensed to cut those extensions and style them. You have to be licensed to apply any styling to the braids also, which I didn't know before. So you could braid, but if you're applying product on there, technically it's illegal. You can't cut the braids. It's illegal. But I would just say this because it takes one person to report you. And let's say if five people are reporting you like, hey, so-and-so's here and she's not licensed and, or he's not licensed and they're doing this, this and that and getting paid for it, state board can come and they can hold up your licensing for two years before you even go and get licensed. And then if you continue, they can just re revoke the chance for you to even ever get your license. So you would never get your license because that's public safety. You know, jail time is possible also, but very rare. I haven't heard about it. I heard about it once when I was in school over 20 something years ago, person went to jail. It was somebody in Berkeley. They were braiding hair using the same comb and they weren't licensed and went to jail for a couple of days for doing that because you can pass diseases onto people's heads. So I hope that this was you know, good information for you to know, but you can check it out for yourself. BarbaraCosmo.ca.gov. And I'm going to leave it at that. And my next podcast, I will get to business. I want to talk about discovering the kind of learner that you are and go over the different types of learning styles, just so you can identify and become a better student acknowledge what kind of learner you are. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a wonderful holiday. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye.